Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 40, where today we're talking about elimination. Should you? Shouldn't you? And how to do it, if you're going to do it, with grace. The word, even, elimination, is such a trigger word for so many. It's upsetting to dieters, to emotional eaters, to intuitive and normal eaters. As an example, I posted a list of the sneaky names for sugar in one of the Facebook groups that I admin. And I was really surprised by the response. I got responses that ranged from who cares to what the hell does this have to do with the group? and a lot of outrage and frustration and judgment and anger. And because these people reacted the way that they did, I was forced to sit down and really think about what had happened. What were they thinking? And I realized that my post had created in them thoughts of judgment, fear of restriction and deprivation. They immediately, on seeing this list of, you know, names for sugar, felt like they needed to eliminate sugar, that they should be eliminating sugar, that that was something that I was suggesting that they needed to do. And so they felt the same very familiar feelings that they had been feeling. They needed to go on a diet. They struggled with their diet mentality, right? A lot of these ideas and thoughts that go with dieting, um, you know, regarding restriction, deprivation, neglect, you know, cutting calories and carbs and fat grams and, you know, what you can't have and what you can't have and, you know, food lists and calorie counters and all of those tools of restriction and oppression came into their minds. And, you know, I'm in a place now where that's, that's not really how I think about those things. I think of those things as tools. So to me, seeing a list of, you know, sneaky names for sugar or, um, you know, a list of different kinds of fats is not really triggering to me because to me that's just information. But that's not where everybody is. And so many of you who are listening may be on the intuitive eating path and you may be trying to give up your diet mentality. There are others of you who are listening who are dieters who may be thinking about restriction and deprivation when we talk about the word elimination. And, you know, depending on who you are and your relationship to your body, your food, you know, even the word elimination 
can trigger a binge in some people that, you know, may last hours, days, or even weeks or months. So, and I'm not, you know, suggesting today that you should eliminate anything. In fact, I want to start a dialogue on elimination because what I think is really interesting is the feeling that this word creates. If we talk about eliminating stress or eliminating wrinkles or eliminating sadness or eliminating war, you'd be excited. You'd be on board. If I said, we're eliminating sleepless nights, you'd say, sign me up. But when we talk about eliminating chocolate or eliminating bread or eliminating rice or pasta, all of a sudden, it's not okay anymore. And we're not happy with those changes. And we are definitely not signing up and we are definitely not on board. And I can totally relate. There was a point in time where potatoes used to be a huge part of my existence. Um, you know, as a teen, potatoes and french fries were on my um, lunch menu, my cafeteria plate every day, right? That was just what they put on our plates. Um, at home, we had baked potatoes with almost every meal. And if it wasn't baked potatoes, it was mashed potatoes. And so potatoes were a huge part of my life. Later, I determined through testing that I was potato intolerant. Imagine my feelings of restriction and deprivation when I had to eliminate potatoes from my life. So I totally understand, you know, those first few thoughts of, holy cow, I can't have french fries? I can't have baked potatoes? I, I felt like my world was ending. I felt like everyone, the world was being mean to me. <laughs> that the universe was conspiring to make me miserable. But I persevered. I pushed forward. And as I gained distance from potatoes, it wasn't that big of a deal. I kind of forgot about them. They became so not a part of my world that, you know, now I can smell French fries and I, I recognize the smell as French fries, but I don't want French fries. And my husband asked me, well, can you even remember what a potato tastes like or what a potato, you know, feels like in your mouth? And I'm like, well, and I, I tried to describe it to him, how I imagine that potatoes taste or how they feel, would feel in my mouth if I were to, you know, have a potato now. But I no longer have the feelings of restriction and deprivation. I don't feel like I'm missing out because I can't have potatoes or because I, let's rephrase that, choose not to have potatoes. And so... I think it's really interesting, right? Because let's be perfectly honest. If I were to continue eating potatoes for the rest of my life, chances are very little was going to happen to me. I wasn't going to all of a sudden die, right? A potato intolerance was not going to all of a sudden kill me, 
right? I was struggling with some health concerns, but I had been living with those health concerns. So it's entirely possible that I could have continued to live with them indefinitely, right? They make medications for the health concerns that I was dealing with. It's possible that I could have just taken those medications and continued on down the path, eating the potatoes. Um, I have a tendency to sort of steer away from medications if I can manage it. And so choosing a path without potatoes was the path that I chose. Not everybody chooses that, that path. So for me, choosing a life without potatoes was a choice. That elimination was my choice. And that's what made the difference. That's what made the difference between feeling deprived and restricted and limited and feeling poor, pitiful Christy and making the best of it, right? Finding other foods, finding other ways, right? If I hadn't eliminated potatoes, there's probably several handfuls of vegetables that would not be in my life now because I wouldn't have found them. I wouldn't have tried them because I had potatoes. And so, you know, that elimination opened doors for me, created opportunities for me to have new experiences that ended up being better experiences. And so I think it's really interesting, this idea of elimination or restriction or crowding out. There are things that we look at in our lives that we think, mm, you know what, I should probably eliminate that or I should probably consider having less of that, right? Like diet colas or um, sugars or artificial sweeteners or, you know, perhaps you should have less potatoes or um, less rice or less pasta or, um, you know, maybe you should cut back on your saturated fats or, you know, maybe you should, I don't know, cut back on the amount of protein that you're eating. There are lots of things that you look at and you think to yourself, you know what, I might be having too much of that. But when you think about elimination, it immediately triggers judgment, restriction, deprivation. You get angry about it. You start feeling sorry for yourself. And that sets up this resistance and I feel that so much of our struggle is due to the resistance, right? This resistance we have to the experiences that we're having that we don't want, that we think we shouldn't be having, right? So as an example, we did really well in school and we got a degree, so we shouldn't be struggling to find a job or we're nice and pleasant to look at and we have good hygiene and so we shouldn't struggle to find a mate or we've eaten this way all of our lives so this shouldn't be a problem now like my potatoes right but it is and and this is coming up even for me right today in my life i've been struggling just recently with uh, some sinus issues and I know that, that pollen is, is crazy for a lot of you right now, you know, depending on where you are in, in the U.S. or even in the world. 
but one of the things that I've noticed is, is that one of the foods that I'm eating may be linked to an increase in my sinus activity, right? I'm not having allergies. I'm not really, you know, no itchy nose, itchy eyes. I'm not really sneezing or anything like that, but I've got drainage and it's creating a sore throat. And I keep thinking, you know what? I really don't like this sore throat. And I notice that after I eat this particular food, that my sore throat gets worse. But I really like this food, right? And I don't really want to give up this food. And so there's this resistance. I don't want to give it up. I don't want to give it up. I don't want to eliminate it. And so then there's this feeling of it's got to be something else. I have to go find something else. Maybe I'll go take a, you know, a, a sinus medication. Maybe I just need to drink more water. You know, maybe it's related to something else completely different, right? What is that? That's resistance. What is that resistance to? It's resistance to this elimination of this one thing that I don't want to eliminate, right? So what am I doing? I'm making it harder on myself because I don't want to eliminate this one thing. So what am I doing? I'm creating more problems for myself than I need to. All because I have this resistance, right? Because this elimination feels big. It feels restrictive. It feels like I'm being deprived. So, and I know that you're facing something like this today, right? Right now you're, you're facing, you know, the elimination of chocolate or the elimination of flour or the elimination of uh, sugars or ice cream or dairy or something, right? There's always something that you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I, I should probably consider living without this. Even if it's just for a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, six months, just to see how it goes, right? There are diets, they're called elimination diets, where you try and live without something for a period of time. And the idea is, is that, you know, that you will clear any sort of allergens from your body, any sort of uh, allergic type responses that you're having. And the goal is that, you know, you'll clear out all of that and you'll be able to reintroduce foods and find out which ones are really problematic for you. And, you know, when you find out that you've got a problem with one, yeah, you don't add that one back. And the thing is, is that with an elimination diet, most of the time you get to add most of the foods back, right? You're not really asking yourself to live without something forever. Even when you're choosing, you know, a diet or weight loss plan that's asking you to restrict something, you're not really being asked to live without something forever. At least that shouldn't be your plan. You know, you should always be selective in your inclusions later on. I don't ever really think that it's beneficial to pick a plan that you intend to go off of later down the line, you know, whenever you get to your goal weight or, you know, you resolve your um, health issues because, you know, doing what you did before is probably what got you to the point where you needed to make the change. So keeping up with those changes will probably, you know, keep you in a place where you can keep those, you know, health issues or weight or, you know, whatever it is that you were trying to eliminate, um, you know, at bay. And so if you're not picking a plan that you intend to go off of later, 
what that means is, is that your plan should include foods that you like, things that you love, even if that means that you, you know, only very rarely have them. I think it's okay, right? As long as you mindfully have them and you are uh, fully aware and accepting of whatever the consequences are of having those things. You know, so many of us, you know, we want to, uh, what's the phrase, have our cake and eat it too. And, and that's fine. The problem is, is that we have our cake, but then we feel guilty about it. We have our cake, but then we're upset when we gain the weight over it. We have our cake, but we're upset because of the inflammation and the aching joints or the gastrointestinal distress. Okay. That's what we don't really want, right? If you're going to have your cake, then be fine with your inflamed joints. Be fine with your gastrointestinal distress. Be fine with the bloating and, you know, the two or three pounds of weight gain. If you can get to a point where you, you know, can encapsulate that whole process, you know, and go, yep, still going to do it, still going to be okay with it, you know, that's, that's food freedom, right? That's what you want. Everybody still has to make that choice for themselves. I don't know that that's the choice that I would make for myself personally, because that's, that seems like a lot of negative for not a lot of positive. But everybody has to weigh those those negatives and those positives for themselves. But my point is, is that no matter what plan that you're picking, no matter what way of life that you're living, no matter what diet you are on, and by saying diet, what I really mean is way of eating, right? Because all animals have a diet. And when we say the word diet, I don't mean calorie restriction. I don't mean carb restriction or fat gram restriction, right? Horses have a diet of haze and grasses. Cows have a diet of probably more haze and grasses. You know, dogs in the wild have a diet. And, you know, monkeys have a diet. And birds have a diet. And squirrels have a diet. And it's not about weight, right? So humans are the only ones who have used the word diet to describe restriction. And so I want you to just, you know, strike that definition from your mind because that's not really what we're talking about. When we're talking about diet, what we're really talking about is a way of eating, a way of living, a way of feeding yourself in a way that is nourishing and fulfilling and, you know, keeps you satisfied, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't feel restrictive or you know, that doesn't make you feel like you're being deprived, but also that doesn't, you know, keep you inflamed and feeling bloated and gassy and, you know, constipated or dealing with diarrhea, right? So we want to balance those things out. And sometimes, you know, in order to find that sweet spot where you feel healthy, that requires some elimination. And sometimes that actually requires some inclusion of things that you don't want either. <laughs> but it should be okay to eliminate things from your life, eliminate things from your diet, eliminate things you know, from your lifestyle and not feel deprived 
and it not mean restriction and it not mean getting smaller and more limited, right? Because that's normally what elimination means. So what I want to invite you today to do is when you're thinking about elimination, I want you to think about all the negative things that you want to eliminate, right? Like stress, like sadness, like your health issues, right? Like excess weight, if you have any of that, like emotional eating, right? You want to eliminate that. And when you think about, you know, the things that you're trying to, the thing, the things that you like that you're trying to eliminate, right? So that's actually where the resistance comes in. It's something that you like that you're trying to eliminate. I want you to come up with the things that you don't like about it, you know? So let's say that you're trying to give up Diet Cola. There are health problems with Diet Colas, right? Um, aspartame has been linked with, you know, some cancers, um, you know, gut issues, neurological issues. It's been linked with osteoporosis. And so those might be a concern for you. If you are you know, considering giving up or eliminating dairy. Dairy has been shown to increase mucus and trigger inflammation. So, you know, mucus has to do with, could be sinus, allergy related, could also have to do with mucus in the bowels, right? Because that's another area where we have mucus buildup. Um, so it could, you know, dairy could affect your bowels diarrhea and or constipation, right? That's something that you may be struggling with, right? So instead of focusing on all the good things that you think you're going to have to give up, think about the negative things that you will be releasing as well, right? So that's one of the ways that you can flip that around so that elimination doesn't feel so uh, painful, I think it's helpful to keep in mind that, you know, there are people out there who have life-threatening allergies like peanuts, shellfish, that they don't feel deprived because they can't have peanuts or shellfish. And I think that puts our eliminations into perspective. If these people can go their entire lives without having a peanut, and not feeling deprived, then it should be relatively easy for me to live without potatoes for my entire life and not feel deprived, right? Because it's a choice, right? They can eat a peanut if they want to. It has bad consequences. The same thing goes for me. I can eat a potato. It'll have different consequences. But the same thing goes for you too. Everything we do, everything we eat, everything we imbibe has consequences and we get to choose those consequences. And I think that's really the biggest uh, part of the resistance and the struggle is, is, you know, like I said, with that whole, we want to have our cake and eat it too, is we want to be able to eat the cake and for there to be no consequences. And for the vast majority of us, that's just not the case. And it's just not the cake. Um, we all have some sort of 
issue, whether it's emotional, biological, you know, something that's going to make, you know, wanting the cake, having the cake, eating the cake, especially if it's, you know, on a daily basis, something like that, a problematic situation for us. So these are just a couple of the mindsets that you can use to help, you know, make a conscious choice, a mindful choice for yourself, whether or not you want to, you know, go down the path of elimination, if that's, you know, something that you want to do. A lot of times, especially if you're on the intuitive eating path, um, intuitive eaters, you know, trying to abandon the diet mentality, um, really struggle with these ideas of, um, you know, elimination for the sake of health because, you know, they've spent so much time dieting and eliminating, you know, for the sake of weight loss that they kind of, you know, throw that idea of elimination out the window and, you know, kind of get hung up on guideline number one, which is, you know, throw out the diet mentality. And at that point, they refuse to, you know, ever really say no to themselves ever again. Um, And so if they want it, you know, no matter what it is, chocolate cake or french fries or chips and salsa or, you know, bread with butter, they always, always, always say yes to themselves. And while that may be good for perhaps getting rid of your diet mentality, you may be digging yourself further into your health and wellness hole by making that choice. And so, and I don't really think that you can, you can't uh, look at intuitive eating by guideline number one, right? It's, it's a full set of 10 guidelines and you have to look at all of them and use all of them in order to, you know, really be on the intuitive eating path. Um, and I think that there's actually quite a lot of wiggle room in the intuitive eating path, you know, for you to pick a, you know, a healthful, mindful eating way Um, you know, that may actually to the rest of the world look like a diet because it's really all about intention, right? Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you, you know, following this path for health? Are you following it for your emotional well-being? Are you following it because you're trying to fit into a size zero pants Um, to the detriment of your health, your emotional, your physical and your mental well-being, right? I would never suggest you you make any of those choices. Um, in fact, you you may not have heard me say, but you'll hear me say it now. You know, your your body is concerned with survival first. It's concerned with your health and wellness second. It's not even concerned about how you look. So while that may be your number one concern, and it is like a lot of people's number one concern, for your body, it's not even a priority. It's not even on the radar. Because that's, you know, that doesn't really help you as, a, as an entity, as a creature, survive. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. I hope that this has been helpful for you today. I hope it wasn't too triggering for you. I hope I gave you a little bit to think about. 
and I hope that I gave you a positive way to think about it. If you have any questions or would like to talk to me about elimination, elimination diets, um, how to give up this idea about restriction, deprivation, and how it's tied to, you know, elimination and, you know, the dirty word diet, I would love to talk to you. You can find me on Facebook at fb.me forward slash coach Christy R. Hall or at my website www.christyrhall.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon.